Welcome to Draw, Lose or Draw, a weekly podcast covering all things Partick Thistle. Joining me for the last podcast of 2022, Jamie McDonald. Jamie, how are you? Yeah, I'm good. Good to get back on the pod again. Obviously, we've got a great one to discuss and yeah, a bit of a look back in the years, I hope. Rhys Aldean's here. Rhys, how are you? I am good. Thanks very much and Merry Christmas to to you all and, and everyone listening as well. It was good to have obviously some time off work and spending time with the family and stuff, but most importantly and, and better than always getting to see that performance on Friday night. That was one for the one for the history books, shall we say. So I'm looking forward to discussing it. Absolutely. And rounding off our panel is David Forrest. David, did you have a good Christmas? Yeah, I, I enjoyed it. It was good to see all the family on Friday in the Woody and at Fahill and then afterwards going to see some people who you know, share a name with me and stuff like that. But um, yeah, I've yeah I've had fun at Christmas. Sadly, working for quite a bit of it from now on. But you know, um, I've I enjoyed Christmas. This good stuff. Well, we'll start as we normally do with a look at the starting eleven on Friday night for the game at Firhill against Inverness. It was an unchanged starting eleven from the previous game against the United, which meant Aidan Fitzpatrick kept his place out in the wing. I think we're all happy about that. Ross Dockerty not fit yet. But with the unchanged team off the back of a victory, Jamie, were you happy with that when you saw it? Yeah, I was happy with that team, to be honest. You know, it's obviously a blow on having any dock and Tiff still not being in the squad, but it is still a good team. It's a strong lineup, and yeah, off the back of that performance, it was bound to not change. And yeah, it was, yeah, it was obviously the team did very well. Thought, well, I know we got the performance, but I just thought that. It's great to see Kevin Holt coming back in as well off the bench. I know he didn't start, but yeah, it's great to see him back. Reese, were you happy with the, the team when you saw it on Friday night? Yeah, much the same. It's the, the the team that I imagine would have started. There was kind of some rumblings during the day that um, obviously Doc was facing a late fitness test, which of course he didn't make. And as well, Fitzy was carrying a wee bit of a knock, which was a wee bit concerning because we've always said that Aidan Fitzpatrick has his best games when he's on, like he's sort of on our own, he's getting game times and Obviously, off the back of how good he was against there, we're kind of worried that they drop him straight back out of the team. But thankfully, he kept his place, and thankfully, that's up there with the, arguably the best I've seen him in a Thistle jersey. So it was great because you always hope guys like Fitzpatrick and guys like Turner can sort of carry on this good form. And thankfully, they did, and it was a, a good performance of the night. So with the team, yeah, I was very happy. David, you arrived at Fur Hill on Friday night off the back of a, a chunk of a sub crawl, so I imagine this is the first time you've heard that it was an unchanged team on Friday night. Oh, I'm, I'm not going to lie, you're absolutely right. Um, I had no fucking clue what the team was that I turned up. I just, I knew Tiffany wasn't. I know you posted it in the chat, but I, um, I'd been on the sub crawl, was kind of like running about trying to get the Fissile game, but I mean, it, it's. It's a team that we kind of expected. Obviously, we wanted, you know, Tiff and Dot back, but without it, it was. I mean, I again, I love watching Fitzpatrick and Lawless. I think they're they, on their day. They're just so much fun to watch. So, I was really, uh, really pleased with the team when I looked at it four hours after the game. Um, but um, obviously, hindsight being twenty twenty. But yeah, it, it was a team I'd have picked. Where does that rank in terms of performances this season? It's right up there. Uh, we've had a few good performances, but I, all in all, I don't think I can bring off too many better than that. Because, uh, as we mentioned, like see when you get like five goals and it's five different goal scorers, um, and as we mentioned, in Fitzpatrick getting man the match despite not scoring a goal, that just highlights how good his performance was. And like the whole, the whole, the team was so good in general. It was a, it was a poor goal to concede. We didn't really deserve to concede the goal. Um, but in terms of our attacking play, that could easily have been. Eight, nine, and that's no exaggeration. We really were that good, and and guys like Danny Mullen chipping in. We gave a run out to a few of the younger boys. It was a, it was a really great day. It felt the 
and I just want to mention about the crowd in the north stand. Um, I, I don't know if, if you could, it was the same from the Jackie Osmond or whatnot, but the atmosphere the other night was brilliant. I know there was like a couple of younger guys in there with a drum and stuff. Like, and I know a drum can kind of be frowned upon, even from like the guys that I go to the game with, sort of the younger generation, so to speak. We don't, we're not too keen on a drum ourselves, but I thought it was um, a really good atmosphere and all round a, a great night for how. I agree with you, Rissa. at the other end of the, the Jackie Husband and the, the John Lambie did look and sound a lot livelier than usual. I don't think the I think the drum becomes a problem when all you can hear is the drum, but on on Friday night you could only really hear the singing, you could only hear the drum on its own for, for tiny little bits. It was mostly the singing you could hear and the drum was obviously orchestrating that. So I didn't have a problem with the drum on Friday. I thought it was it was a really good atmosphere at For Hill. Yeah, I agree with you. Jimmy, what about you? What did you think of the performance on Friday night? I thought it was one of the best performances of the season. I thought there wasn't really a failure across the pitch at all. And yeah, it's just we were great going forward and it's good to see us taking chances more because obviously we've had games before when we've been like, oh, that could have been more, that could have been this. And yeah, it could have definitely been more than five, but you know, walking away from a game with five goals is very little to complain about. Obviously, I'm sure Sned and in defence and McCall will be, you know, gutted to have lost the clean sheet, but one thing I thought was great about that is that we responded straight away. The heads didn't drop, conceded a goal, and we literally went straight from kickoff with like a minute later, about two minutes tops. We've scored again. And I was delighted for Danny Mullen to get his first goal in the league. I think, you know, he's had to bide his time, not much game time, and hopefully that'll be him kicking on, maybe a bit more regular game time, chipping for a couple of goals. I'd like to see that. And like Reese mentioned, a bit fitzy. I mean, he's been fantastic recently, and I'm delighted for him to have some form as well, because, again, he's had to kind of bide his time as well. I'm, hadn't been getting as many minutes as I'm sure he'd have wanted and he's been fantastic of late and it's good to see Cole McKinnon getting more back to his old self and yeah it's good good signs all around and like I said earlier it's good to see Kevin Holt getting back on the pitch. David who stood out for you on Friday night? To be honest for me like, I, I kind of have to agree about the team as a whole I mean Fitzy was unbelievable Um, I, I thought to a man they were all absolutely brilliant um but the, the thing i loved about the is the team again like as you said it was five different goal scorers and we didn't have scott tiffany in the pitch and aiden fitzpatrick didn't get a goal like it's, it's just seeing guys scoring goals and stuff like that that you don't normally see and like i mean you remember what it was like last season when tiffany was out we just did not have a goal threat whatsoever with graham you know with his back injury and stuff like that like we were absolutely barren when it came to goals and for us to go out and score five and not have Scott Tiffany in the team and our, our man in the match not be one of the goal scorers and it's five different people. It's just absolutely wild. I thought, I, I just love the, the, the togetherness of them. I mean, if if you haven't watched the, the Brian Graham interview after the game on Jagstone, I would I would definitely implore it. It was the moment where I realised Brian Graham absolutely will be Thistle manager in like the next five, ten years, without a doubt. He already sounds like he's the manager. Um, and just the way he talks about the team and the way that they're training and just like watching them all celebrate. Like the, the Ewan Waddle, I believe his name is, the pitch side camera. And you see them all celebrating the goals and stuff like that. You can see how much it, it means to the team and there's a good vibe there. But I just thought everyone was really, really good. Like, really good. There wasn't a person that was like, no, he's been quite shite. Hook him. I thought everyone was brilliant and we just did not let up. And um, yeah, it's it's a rare one. I know it sounds like a bit of a cop out to say the entire team, but I think on this performance specifically, it was a team effort. And I don't think singling people out, I think it just does a disservice to other people because everyone was so good. Yep. I'll single someday then. I'll give a back uh, praise to Brian Graham. As you've said, David, I, I think he probably will be. I would, I would like him to be, certainly, a Thistle manager in the next five to ten years. But his performance on, on Friday night was absolutely brilliant. He's always good for a goal against Inverness, but I thought it was more than just his goal. His, his all-round play, his hold-up play was brilliant. His assist for McKinnon's goal, which was the third goal, that was that was a brilliant assist. He's, he's so clever with his little touches in and around the box. And I think it was you that put his, his goal record up on Twitter on Friday night, Reese. For a, a striker of his age, when he signed, that's nearly three years ago he signed now, and it was probably only Brian Graham who would have thought, in three years' time, I will still be the number one striker. I think we all probably thought he's coming in to do a job to sort of rescue us this season. We might get 18 months out of him. But 
to still be just as good, probably even better, three years on, is, is incredible, really. He's been, I thought he was brilliant. Probably his best game of the season on Friday night. So uh, I know we've mentioned a couple of times like the whole team was good and everyone was good, but I just want to kind of mention a couple of guys whose form recently has just been through the roof. Of course, Ian Fitzpatrick's been unplayable the last two games, but Kyle Turner, like last season, we were kind of playing him out of position. We were sort of forcing him in the side, um, and rightly so because his delivery created so many goals. And uh, I heard it on last week's pod that a lot of his assists were coming from set pieces, and, and that's because his delivery is so good. But I thought in the last couple of games, what is that now? Two goals and something like six assists in his last three home games. That is ridiculous for any player. He's getting so much more involved, and he's almost got a license to roam from the middle of the park and get forward. You seen that with his goal the other night, that late run into the box. Um, so special mention to Kyle Turner, and it's actually it's beyond a joke how good Harry Mellon's becoming now. Every week it's it's almost laughable, um, and you're sort of counting down <laughs> counting down the games until he's away because at this rate he's destined for for bigger things in the Scottish Championship. Um, I don't think there's a, a doubt in my mind that he'll probably if he if we don't go up and Harry Mellon stays at Thistle next year, then so much loyalty in that guy because honestly he's, he's destined for the top what a player he's got every attribute waxing lyrically about him since week one of the season and it just looks like he keeps t- taking his game to another level so an absolute pleasure to watch him in the red and yellow so long may it continue yep absolutely agree just another player I think would be good to get single out as well I think Darren Brownlee is improving week on week you know we were talking about how just like a month month and a half ago that maybe he wasn't looking like a viable option anymore and you know, his fitness just hadn't come back from his injury. But I think he clearly is getting fitter and I think he's getting better as every game goes by and he was winning nearly everything in the air, I thought, on Friday. And yeah, hopefully week by week he keeps getting back to his old self because we know back in League One what a defender he was for us. So hopefully hopefully that keeps going. Yeah, I mentioned Brownlee's improvement last week. I, I totally agree with you, Jamie. He's looking so much better and he probably still is lacking a little bit of pace, but at the moment it's, it's not mattering because he has been, he's been so brave and going to meet going to meet the ball higher up the pitch, and he's, as you say, Jamie, he's winning absolutely everything. Some of the headers he's won, sort of a bit around the halfway line, we think, oh, if he misses this, we're in trouble, and he's won every single one. Yeah, he's been he's been brilliant, and it was a shame the, the defence and Jamie Sneddon didn't get a clean sheet. It was quite similar to the... The Hamilton 6-1 were, it looked like it was going to be a very comfortable win and we, we let the clean sheet slip away quite late on. I know it wasn't the last goal of the game by the Hamilton game, but that was that similar sort of vibe where they, they deserved a clean sheet because it was such a dominant performance. But I totally agree. David, we're playing Queen's Park or next Monday at Stenhouse Muir in the big Glasgow derby. Um, would Ross Dorkey and or Scott Tiffany get back into the, into the starting eleven at the moment, do you think, if they were available? It's a very good point because you, you you wonder like played so dominantly against Inverness and to be honest we were quite dominant against Dade as well. We are on such a we're such a form team at the moment. I think that you know if you, if you're Scott Tiffany, uh, you know the guy who's replacing you, one man in a match and like he didn't even score like in in a five in a five goal demolition. Um, I, I would say there's more of a case to put in Doc than there is Tiffany, to be honest, especially because in the past we've had, you know, it's been like with Tiffany. I mean, the Arbroath game last season stands out where we try to rush him back, get him in, and then he kind of aggravates the injury. I, I don't think I would start Tiffany against Queen's Park, but the, the problem the problem is, is this Queen's Park game is going to be huge. Like They've had their number all season, and... I basically look like they'd found us out, knew exactly how we played, knew exactly how to contain us, and just, you know, had us on strings. It, if you play Scott Tiffany, that's kind of playing into QP's hands a little bit, I think, because they 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 will be fully geared up for Scott Tiffany coming in, doing Scott Tiffany things, and you know they'll have a plan to contain him. Maybe it is best not to start him, Doc. I, I would probably say Doc because I think going back to our pod last week where we talked about, you know, Akinyemi's goal was because uh, McKinnon was the one marking him. And as you said, if he has someone that's a bit more defensively minded back there instead of McKinnon, that maybe doesn't necessarily happen. And I think against QP, it's going to be one of those games where we need to be strong defensively. And having Doc in is probably the better option compared to McKinnon. But I mean, 
it's good to have those options there that can kind of change the game if it's say one each, two each, whatever. An hour in, you can just stick on a Scott Tiffany or stick on a McKinnon and Louv Doc. You need to be a bit more attacking or whatever. It's, but I'd probably go with Doc, but I don't think I don't think I necessarily play Tiffany. I agree with you. I think bringing Doc in is probably the easier change to make. I think this is a really interesting game we've got coming up against Queens Park. I mentioned last week I speak to a few Queens Park supporting pals and they all say Queens Park play well in, in open games and when the game's tight and teams sit in against Queen's Park, that's when they struggle. And you look back to the 4-0 game at Hill, we weren't bad in that f- until it went to 2-0 in the second half. The first half, we missed a penalty. We played quite well. Um, even in the away game, we lost 3-2. Defensively, we were terrible, but it wasn't the worst performance going forward. We scored two goals. I think this is the sort of game where Ian McCall struggled, where we sort of question... How good is Ian McCall tactically? This will be one where Ian McCall sort of earns his money on Saturday. Is he able to change it? Going gun-ho against Queen's Park, as we have been for large parts of the season, hasn't worked in the previous two games. If Will we do it again? Big risk if we do do it again. Can he come up with a, a team? Whether or not we just sit in and, and, and play on the counter, is like that's maybe a bit extreme, but can he find the answers to frustrate Queen's Park? because um, we've conceded seven goals in, in two games against them already this season. And if, if we concede three or four again, it's very likely we won't pick up any points. Reese, are there any changes you'd like to see to the team on Monday? Um, like, like David said, if um, all players are available, I probably would like to see Doc brought in for this game. We know how important Doc it is. Um, McKinnon had his best game in months the other night, but it does blow a wee bit hot and cold at times. So for a game of this magnitude, as you've mentioned, they've they've obviously had their number this season. I'd like to see uh, Doc brought in. In terms of Tiffany, I I I personally wouldn't have Tiffany back in the team uh, at this point in time because as we've seen at the beginning of this season as well, and I just mentioned earlier on too, when Fitzpatrick plays and he gets that run of games, he looks brilliant. He, he's full of confidence. He's got an arm around his shoulder telling him how great he is. And he rises to that. He's been brilliant. And then what happens is Tiffany comes back for his knock straight back in the team. And obviously Fitzpatrick's confidence is on the ground. Fitzpatrick knew that himself coming here, that Tiffany's the main man and you will have to bide your time. But when Tiffany's been out for such large chunks of the season, you can't just throw a guy like that back in the team. Um, I'm not even saying that in terms of you have to watch about his injury. I don't think anyone deserves to walk back in a team. Um, and and being honest, being truthfully honest, I'm kind of getting a wee bit tired of the whole Scott Tiffany stuff because I think Tiffany's an amazing player. On his day, he's better than anyone in this league and it's an absolute pleasure to watch him at Fissel. But you can't... This is the reason why he's in the Championship. No team, I don't care if it's Motherwell or United, no team is going to pay him ridiculous money that he's looking for to go and only play less than half a season. Teams won't put up with that, but of course we will because we know how good he is and I hope we sign a 10-year contract. I actually think he will sign an extension um, and fingers crossed that he does. But for this point in time, you've got to keep Fitzpatrick and I think it's a liberty if you drop Fitzpatrick for Tiffany in, in this current run of form. Um, as I say, docker it in. Um, looking ahead to the game, it's one that I'm really nervous about as well. As we mentioned, they've had their number all season. I don't really think we're going to sit in. As you mentioned, we'll need to be a wee bit more tactically astute, but I don't think we're going to really change the way that we play, especially off the back of that 5-1 game. I think we might try and hit them early, as we've seen at the beginning of the season, when I think think back to like Rafe Rovers and even Dundee in the opening game of the season, we were battering teams for the first 10 minutes and trying to score, and it would put them on the back foot. I think we might see some of that again in the first 10 minutes. Um, hopefully get a goal maybe get another early one and then I think we might see a, a completely different Thistle side I think we might sit in after that but from the get-go I, I can't see us playing playing defensively so as you mentioned it's a really important game we sort of tailed off and Queen's Park tailed off as well at the same time because both of us were sitting first and second for a large part of the season and we both kind of we fell away at the same time and it now looks like we're back back having good runs of form um, and it's all culminating in this game and this is it's massive, it's really pivotal because if we win this, we're right back in the mix, we're right in amongst it. If we lose it, we're, we're not out of the pack, but we'll be a real sickener, especially losing to the same side three times in one season. Your Glasgow rivals, not traditional rivals as such, but if, if they've got the better of us three times this season, then what can you say? Then realistically, they do have the bragging rights. So important game um, and fingers crossed we can do the business. Jamie, do you agree? Any changes you'd make to the side? Very similar to what's already been said. I think the only change I realistically make is Doc. 
I do hope that Tiffany is available. I really hope Tiff's on the bench at least. But Fitzpatrick, you can't justify dropping him right now. He's had his two best performances of the season back to back, and dropping him right now would be kind of ridiculous, to be honest. So I do hope Tiff's back, but I wouldn't start him if he was back. And also, even if he is back, I don't have to be fully fit to start the game, if I'm honest, uh, especially on like an astral pitch and that. So I don't know if they'd risk it. But yeah, apart from Doc coming in, if he's available, I don't think I'd make any changes. David, you somehow correctly predicted a 5-1 victory on last week's episode, so that means you are now, you're now a point clear of Reese at the top of the prediction table. Reese is a point clear of Jamie, and I'm at the bottom three points behind David. Uh, so there's a point between each of us. David, do you want to kick us off predictions for the Queen's Park game? I've never been so glad to be right in my life. Um, this game is going to be, I think it's, it, this is the... I know we always joke that this is the proper Glasgow derby, but if you if you're into your football in Glasgow, that this is the game to be at on Monday because I think it's going to be far more interesting than the old firm game. I think it's I, I can't wait for this game. I think it's going to be a good crowd. I think Thistle and Queens Park will take a lot of people, not necessarily as much as we would at Hamden. If this was at Hamden, it'd be an absolute old timer. I think it's going to be a great game, a real a, a real barometer and a chance for us to put down a marker and go look. Yeah, Queen's Park had a number at the start of the season, but it's changed now and we're on the up. And I, th- I, th- I think we're going to win it. I think it's going to be 3-2 to us. I think it's going to be a, a great game for the neutrals. And I think everyone's going to be G'd up for it. Full of festive cheer, probably still hungover from New Year's. A couple of skiffs in the station bar before. Every- everyone's going to be great. 3-2. Yeah, Fissel. Reese, your prediction? I think similar to David. It's a real shame that this game's not been able to get on it at Hamden. I spoke to my mate as a Queen's Park fan and he echoed the same. He says that basically the, it just looks like the SFA are scared about because they've got the the cup games coming up at Hamden in, in the next couple of weeks and they didn't want to play this. So it's, it's a shame because I do think there would have been a, a good few thousand from from us, from both supports actually. I think it would have been a really good game. Um, that being said, Oakleview. I do like going there for, for the reason being, um, we always do pack out that wee shed behind the goal, but you have your limitations on how big the crowd can be. I mean, Queen's Park never going to take a massive support, so they're just really in that wee, the wee shed bit. So it's it's not the, not the best stadium, but it's good for an away atmosphere, so I'll be looking forward to that. I think it's, I'm backing us to win as well. I think it's going to be a, quite a cagey affair. I can see us... Winning 2-1. I'm going to say 2-1, Jags. I think we'll get a couple of goals. And I think Queens will also score and they'll sort of be pushing us all the way for a second. But I'm just hoping that we hang on and we get the three points. So 2-1 is my, my result. Jamie? Well, after David quite more of a wild prediction last week, I'll go for a more of a unusual scoreline. I'm going to say we'll win 4-2. I think it'll be a pretty exciting game. It's kind of been the theme of our Last couple of games, you know, the 3-2 air game, 5-1 game against Inverness. We've been scoring a lot of goals, but obviously we haven't kept a clean sheet either. And I don't really back us to do it against Queen's Park, who we've already managed to concede seven goals to this season, especially at their place. I don't think we'll be, well, at Oakleview at their place, you know what I mean? But I don't think we'll keep a clean sheet there. But I think we've definitely got goals on us right now. We've proved it recently. So I'm going to say we'll win 4-2. It's going to be a really good game. I'll go a bit more conservative then. I'll, I'll say we'll win 1-0. I'll say we'll get the clean sheet. Uh, I think what you said earlier, Reese, I think we might come out and try and get a goal early and then hang on to it. And I, I, I have faith the back four and goalkeeper are, are much improved from where we were a couple of months ago. I think Brownlee and Sned never had a lot to do with that. So, so I'll back us to keep a clean sheet and I'll go 1-0 Thistle. I'll make a vow right now. If Tommy Robson scores against us for the third game running the <laughs> I will never appear on this podcast again, right? So that may be some oh. good news to some people, but if Tommy Robson scores again, I'll never be back. What if we win 5-1 and he's a consolation goal? Still <laughs> Oh, wow. That, that is bold. It's, it, it, I mean, it is very much if Danny Devine scores against us this season, I am never going to football again, isn't it? It's very much big vibes there. Well, Reese has been bold and done that in a recording. Uh, I, I think I'm on tape saying that if Morton win the championship this season, I'll never go to a Scottish football game again. <laughs> and I, I'll stand by that. I'll stand by that. So I'm, I'm with you, Reese, on the, the bold recorded uh, vows. Uh, we'll move on then to to the eagerly anticipated draw, lose or draw quiz final. 
recorded live on this week's episode for the first time, and we have Rhys Haldane against Jamie McDonald to be crowned the Draw, Lose or Draw Quiz champion. Rhys, you have won all of your matches, all four of them, on route to the final. How are you feeling getting into this one? You've beaten Jamie in, in Group A. <laughs> um, I'm nervous, to be honest, because it's one of the ones, obviously, beat Jamie so far, but... It, See if someone from your group goes ahead and wins the whole thing. You gutted inside, aren't you? So, uh, I've no, I've no looked at any sort of any revision or anything. So, we're freestyling here. Fingers crossed that my my knowledge will take me over the line. But Jamie's a, a very good competitor, so I'm worried. Jamie, bit of praise there from your opponent. Don't know if that's mind games. How are you feeling going into this one? Yeah, I'm looking forward to it, but yeah, pretty nervous because Reese has obviously won every single game so far, and I thought he'd make the final. To be honest, uh, when we said we were doing a quiz. I thought Reese would be in the final, so it's happened, and I think it'll be it'll be a good one. I'm sure you'll put in some pretty tough questions, and yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Obviously, Reese is very good at these kind of quizzes, so hopefully, it's a good one. Well, we have three rounds for this final, and a friend of the show Ross Alexander has provided a tiebreak question. Should we need it? Um, round one. I'm delighted to announce that we we have secured a lucrative deal between Brian Welsh and Challenge TV to secure the rights to Booked or Hooked, uh, mentioned on last week's show. So this is a game where you're going to get three games each and you have to tell me if Stuart Bannigan was booked or hooked in these three games. A point each, that, that, because it's a it's a 50-50 chance. These you, sorry, not. do you mean hooked isn't like subbed off? I do, yes, subbed okay, off. So, 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 sorry, to, sorry to ruin your mind. No, that's all right. So you will get three each. They will not flip over as it's a 50-50 chance. And if you get it correct, you will get one point. Three each. Reese. I will start with you. This game is on Saturday, the 3rd of October, 2015. Partick Thistle 3, Dundee United. Now, Bannigan nets the killer third on a day that Stephen Lawless is both booked and hooked. But which was Banzo? Oh... <laughs> So, so it, it can't be booked and hooked. It's one or the other. It's one or the other. Right. Uh, I remember the game. I remember the goal. And classic Bannigan celebration. I'm trying to think. There's no idea, to be honest. I'm going to say... Booked. That's the correct answer. Reese, you take a one now. Jamie, your game. Jamie, your game. Tuesday the 14th of August, 2012. Queen's Park 4, Partick Thistle 5. A thriller at Hamden with Bannigan, Lawless, O'Donnell, Doolan and Erskine all involved for a Thistle team against a QP side including Andy Robertson and Lawrence Shankland. Was Bannigan booked or hooked? Oh, this is before my time as well. Um, hang on, I think about a game to like two months after this. Uh, I think he scored in that game. I couldn't tell you for sure. I'm I don't know, I'm just going to guess. Stuart Banning, I'm just going to say he was booked. He was booked, Jamie. You might have been more certain if you knew that he scored the, the equaliser on injury time, so there was very little time for him to be hooked after that. But you are correct, he was booked, so that makes it 1-1. Reese, your question, your game two. Thistle 3, St Johnson 0, Saturday the 14th of March 2015. Another 3-0 win from you. Uh, goals from Doolan, Balatoni and Bannigan that day. Uh, as well she has written, <laughs> sent the Saint home on their tractors, but was Stuart Bannigan booked or hooked? There's not much to go off there, but I'm just thinking, around that time, Bannigan was pretty much in his pomp. He's got on the score sheet. He's only really going to get subbed off if he's got an injury, I'm thinking, so I'm just going to say he was booked. Oh, that is incorrect. He was he was hooked that day. I, I, I would imagine it was a, one of those subs to get a stand innovation if he was on the score sheet, but he was hooked that day. So that's the first slip of the final. Jamie, a chance to take a one-point lead here. Your game, Hearts 2, Partick Thistle 4 on the 7th of May 2014. One of the great nights as Thistle run riot in the second half to secure top flight safety, but was Bannigan hooked or booked? Or booked or hooked? Yeah, mate, I'm just trying to think back to the photos if he's wearing a puffer jacket or not. <laughs> Um, I can't think of any photo of him in it. Um, I, 
I'm just gonna guess he was booked. Oh, that's incorrect as well. He was hooked <laughs> that evening. So the score remains one one. You have one game each. This is it's a very tense affair. Reese, your match, some more recent ones. Saturday the first of October, twenty twenty two, Thistle five, Morton one. Um, our best one of the season, or as at the time of writing, that's our joint best one of the season now. Thistle defeated Morton 5-1. Was Bannigan booked or hooked? Uh, try to think. I'm going to say it was booked. Oh, you'd think he was, wouldn't you, with nine bookings already this season, but I'm afraid he was hooked for Danny Mullen late on in that one. <laughs> so Jamie, another chance for you to take a lead. This is the last question of round one. Another fairly recent game for you, Jamie. Thursday the 29th of April 2021. Partick Thistle 5, Falkirk Mill. Five-star Jags seal the title in front of a capacity crowd of 2,000 at the canal. Was Bannigan booked or hooked that evening? Um... I think if we sub people on that night, I swear like Andy Gagan go, you run out. So uh, oh, I'm gonna get this wrong as well. Hooked. He was hooked. Jamie, you are correct. Did Andy Gagan come on to hooked answer? Uh, I don't have that information to hand, I'm afraid. But uh, Jamie, you are correct. He was hooked that evening. And you take a two one lead going into to round two. Mate, that round uh, every answer was a guess. <laughs> I, w- I want to thank Welshie because coming into this final. I was sitting there going, Jamie and Reese know everything. This is fucking useless. It's going to be max scores all round. And I'm so glad that we got around that they're both absolutely sweating mate, on. Mate, either Jamie's ones as well, man. Fuck, like he scored in the 90th minute. And then that one against Falkirk, he was injured all week and he only came back for like one day of training. But honestly, man, give me the easy ones. <laughs> oh, mate, I thought that last time as well. I remember I, I'm, <laughs> the last time when I lost to you, I was like, oh, mate, I know all these. It's just excuses, mate. No, it's, it's, it's only easy. I, I didn't know any of them. <laughs> uh, round two, we're going to play Partick Thistle ping pong. So we're going to have two rounds of this. You will each have a chance to start the round, and you must name a player whose surname starts with the last letter of the previous player's surname. So, for example, if Reese says Alan Archibald, Jamie Chris Doolan would be an acceptable answer for you because Archibald ends with a D. And Doolan starts with a D. You must say the name within seven seconds of the previous player's answers. And if you win a round, you will receive two points. So does everybody understand the concept of this round? Aye, aye. Yes. So Reese, you're going to start and I'm going to throw Chris so, Erskine to you. Sorry, so, sorry, sorry. Surnames then. So you said Archibald. Yep, son, yep son, right, surnames cool. are the important thing. So they can have played, as long as they've played a competitive match for Thistle at any point. And Reese, you're going to start, and Chris Erskine is your, your starting one. So on you go. Right, Erskine, right. And it has to be an E, right, cool. Uh, let me know when I'm running out of time, just so I've got one, but I'm trying to think of other ones. Uh, I'll give you three, two. Right, we'll go on Eccleston. Jamie. So it's an so it's an end. <laughs> Don't my spelling strong up there. Um, Tamway. Good answer. Back to you, Reese. E again. Yep. Is that an E? Hi. Yep. Uh, Elliot. Fucking hell, this is harder than you think. <laughs> I know. Good answer, <laughs> Jamie. Goes to you for a T. T. Um. Mate, that's, that's actually quite hard. I'll give you three. I don't know. I don't know. I can't think of anything. Two, <laughs> one. No, I, I don't know, mate. I don't I'll know. I'll give that first round to Reese. Two points for Reese there. That's so just Jamie... <laughs> Wait, what? We're, we're t- it's the final. We've got to test you. Uh, Jamie, I'll let you start this rally and I will throw Stevie Lawless to you. So we're looking for an S. An S. Um, Stevenson, Ryan Stevenson. Good answer. There's that in there. Yeah. Uh, I'll go Natransky. Good answer. What, what does that even end in? Why? Why? 
Why? Oh, mate. You Why? fucked him here. <laughs> I was to use him all along. That was my last time. What a tactical move, Paris. Yeah, I, 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 if we have even had anyone as we can, why? No, I don't know. I don't even know if we've ever had it. Can anyone think of anyone begins with why? I've given up. Do you want me to check the Fissel archive? I'm not, I'm not taking this point. I just want to know if anyone... Have we, can't think of anybody. Whose surname begins with why, anyway? So while David is checking the Fissel archive for all the players... We must have played... I've had a player called Young at some point. Like, surely. Yeah, he did it, Young. This oh, has been these rounds, these rounds. You'll need, to, you'll need to do a bit of editing here, David, make this sound like a, a, a smooth operation. So there has <laughs> been... Just four clowns trying to think of to begin with why. So it's bearing in mind that the last person before Derek Young who played for us was in 1963. Um... <laughs> <laughs> M- M- Milan, Milan, but Nintry rather, was... That's like the Uno reverse card, mate. I had no idea. Uh, it's, uh, it's a great tactical play. I, I did enjoy uh, Reese's um, proper Thomas Cherney time waste in there, using his full. It's like in the wrestling when they use a full five seconds in the ropes just to put in, a, put in a wee bit more pain, just getting more more names in his head. But yeah, uh, there was one player in the last um, fifty nine years that has played for Fissel with a son. <laughs> I don't know why? Should have got that one. That's better for me. No, it's a good play by Reese, and he takes a 5-2 lead going into the final round. But don't worry, Jamie, there are potentially 15 points for you up for grabs here. So the last round, you're going to get asked five questions each. I'm going to read out the, the Wikipedia careers of 10 particular players. You will each get five. If you get your one correct, you'll get two points. And if the if you get it wrong and the other player steals it, they will take a point. So all is not lost here, Jamie. Uh, bear in mind, Wikipedia careers only include league appearances and their records. So as, just before we start, can this be, is this any era ever? Uh, they have all played for Partick Thistle in the last 10 years. Right, okay. Uh, you'll fa- I'll read it. I'll read out the years, the team, the appearances. Uh, Do we get and, we get their entire career? Yep. I'm going to leave out goals, but I'm just yeah. going to read out. Teams. And you don't get any uh, extra points for answering sooner, or you just need to listen uh, to. No, nope, nope, You can get. I would recommend get listening to the full thing. Um, if you okay. interrupt with a wrong answer, it'll go to your opponent who can listen to the full thing. So two points for the correct answer and one point for the steal. Reese, you lead five two. Here's your first one. Twenty ten to twelve, Liverpool zero appearances. Twenty eleven, MK Dons loan three appearances. Twenty eleven Hull loan seven appearances. Twenty eleven twelve Bury loan twenty seven appearances. Twenty twelve to thirteen Preston seventeen appearances. Twenty thirteen Tranmere, 11 appearances. 2013-15, to 15, Carlisle, 63 appearances. 2015-17, to 17, Partick Thistle, 62 appearances. 2017-19, to 19, Cambridge United, 67 appearances. 2019-22, to 22, Port Vale, 84 appearances. And 2022-present, to present, Stevenage, no appearances. <laughs> yeah, good answer, Reese. Well done for two points there. Jamie, here's yours. 2012 to 15, Reading, seven appearances. 2013 to 14, Perth Glory, loan, 15 appearances. 2015 to 18, Partick Thistle, 91 appearances. 2018 to 19, Hearts, four appearances. 18 to 19, St Mirren, loan, 14 appearances. 2019 to 21, Burton Albion, 75 appearances. 2021 to present, excuse my pronunciation, Busan Eye Park, 50 appearances. Ryan Edwards. Good answer, well done. I hope these get a little bit harder as we go on. Reese, you have a 7 4 lead. Here's your second player 2008 to 2011, Montrose. 66 appearances. 2011 to 14, 
Partick Thistle, 99 appearances. 2014-15, to 15, Wigan Athletic, zero appearances. 2015-17, to 17, Doncaster Rovers, 47 appearances. 2017-18, to 18, Plymouth Argyle, 24 appearances. 2018-19, to 19, Motherwell, six appearances. 2019, True Alexandra, Lone, six appearances. 2019-21, to 21, Livingston, 20 appearances. 2021-22, to 22, Falkirk, 16 appearances. And 2022 to present at time of writing, Airdrieonians, zero appearances. So Aaron Taylor Sinclair. Yeah, good answer, Reese. Jamie, here's your second player. A lot of loans here. 2010 to 15, Hibernian, 40 appearances. 2010, or both, loan, 15 appearances. 2010, Brecon City, loan, 11 appearances. 2012 to 13, Livingston, loan, 31 appearances. 2013 to 14, Wraith Rovers, loan, 35 appearances. 2015, Partick Thistle, loan, 14 appearances. 2015 to 18, Partick Thistle, 77 appearances. 2018 to 19, Dundee United, 21 appearances. 2019 to present, St Johnson, 31 appearances. This. I don't know, I think. Um, oh, mate, I don't know who this is. Um, I don't know. I don't know who it is. Reese for a bonus point. Callum Booth. That is Callum Booth. Well done, Reese. You take a 10 4 lead with three each to go. Reese, your number three. This is the longest one. Uh, this could be here a while. Uh, 2002 to four, Clyde, one appearance. 2004 to seven, St Mirren, 22 appearances. 2006, Stenhouse Muir, loan, 19 appearances. 2007, Montrose, loan, nine appearances. 2007 to 2009, Montrose, 41 appearances. 2008, Brecon, loan, nine appearances. 2009 to 10, Airdrie, 43 appearances. 2010 to 12, Wraith, 71 appearances. 2012 to 13, Dundee, 37 appearances. 2013 to 14, Partick Thistle, 13 appearances. 2014. Oh, yeah, that's a good answer. I know from the first one, I just want to say it. <laughs> <laughs> Would have been there another hour. <laughs> I wasn't even halfway through it. Jamie. Yeah, uh, you're in a position where I think you're going to start needing to pick up some of these points. Here's your number three. 1996 to 2012, St Mirren, 424 appearances. 2012 to 14, Partick Thistle, 12 appearances. 2013, Dumbarton, loan, 10 appearances. Yeah, well done, Jamie. Reese, you are 12-6 up. If you correctly answer one of your last two questions you will be crowned the draw lose or draw quiz champion here's your number four 2006 to 7 ross county zero appearances 2007 to 14 hearts three appearances 2009 to 10 east five loan four appearances 2010 to 11 airdrie 34 appearances 2011 to 12 east five loan 13 appearances 2014 to 16, St Mirren, 25 appearances. 2015 to 16, Kilmarnock, loan, zero appearances. 2016, Orlando City, 27 appearances. 2017, Partick Thistle, two appearances. 2017 to present, Inverness, Caledonian Thistle, 147 appearances. Smart Richards. Good answer, Reese, and congratulations. And we will go through the motions with the last three questions for anyone playing along at home. Jamie, this is for Pride now. 2008 to 18, Partick Thistle, 30 appearances. 2009-10, Peters Hill, loan, uh, appearances unavailable. 2013, Albion Rovers, loan, six appearances. 2013 to 15, Dunfermline, loan, 68 appearances. 
2018-19, to Greenock Morton, 12 appearances. 2019-20, to Dunfermline Athletic, 26 appearances. And 2020-22, to two spells at Hamilton Mackies with zero appearances. Ryan Scully. Yeah, well done, Jimmy. Good answer. Reese, you currently have a 14-8 lead. This is your, your last question. You can take it easy. 2008-9, Linfield, zero appearances. 2009-12, Preston, 15 appearances. 2012-13, Fleetwood, zero appearances. 2012, Wrexham on loan, four appearances. 2013-16, Inverness, 68 appearances. 2016 to 18, Partick Thistle, 56 appearances. 2018 to 20, Dunfermline Athletic, 46 appearances. And 2020 to present, Inverness, 51 appearances. Your favourite and friend of the show, Danny Devine. <laughs> friend of the show, <laughs> is he? Uh, that's correct. And you move on to 16 points. Good answer, Reese. 100% record in, in round three for you. And Jamie, this is to make it a respectable looking 16-10 on the scoreboard. Here's your final question. 2012 to 16, Kilmarnock, 76 appearances. 2016 to 18, Colchester United, 34 appearances. 2018, Dundee United, loan, seven appearances. 2018 to 20. Chris Yeah, well done. Good early interruption, Jamie. Unfortunately, it wasn't enough for you. Reese. you've been crowned the draw, loser, draw 2022 quiz champion with a 16-10. One over Jamie in the final. How are you feeling? Ecstatic, mate. Over the moon. <laughs> Proudest moment of my life. I just want to take this time to thank everyone that's got me to this point. Nah, kidding on. Um, aye, brilliant. <laughs> aye, the Wikipedia bit at the end is good. Enjoyed that. But aye, Jamie was really good. Jamie's the best competitor you can get. Been studying hard all week. <laughs> but that was good, good. Good to get that out of the way. I was nervous at the end of <laughs> Jamie, will you be will you be back next year to try and go one step further? Aye, why not? Fuck that ping ball round by the way. <laughs> not make that bad. <laughs> no, we'll we'll play this big dog. No, well done, Reese. Um, a great competitor. We need to get you some sort of prize. I'll get you a trophy or something like that and bring it uh, to Oko for you. Reese, I'm still owed a pie from David from about three years ago. So, so how many times have I No, no. How many times have I offered to buy you a pie? And you're like, no, no, it's sorry because you haven't got to fucking spike it or something. Like that. I don't know, but um, yeah, but no, we'll get you some sort of prize. If you have been listening at home, let us know how you've got on. And if you're interested in taking part in the, the 2023 edition of the Draw Loser Draw Quiz Tournament, get in touch and we will we will take a note of your name. And hopefully it will be an expanded version so there will be even more competitors for, for Reese to defend himself against next year. Move on, we've got some listener questions. Uh, Rob McNeil and Ross Alexander have both asked, what do we need to do in January? I know we had a, a discussion about this last week. This will be the last episode before the, the January transfer window opens. Uh, Reese, I'll start with you. You weren't here last week. I think we spoke about maybe a, recruiting a, a holding midfielder and maybe bringing in a centre-half if Akinola is out the door. Is, is that a sort of situation you can see unfolding? Uh, it looks likely now that Akinola will probably leave. He's down to, what, fourth choice. Um, obviously, Kevin Holt coming back and Brownlee coming back to some sort of prominence. So, it, it's sad. I, I really do like Akinola. He's probably a, a great guy from, from all accounts as well. So, just one of the ones. And it's not, not to say it didn't work because it did. It seemed to be the perfect fit. And he was away from London. He was up here. He was doing 
he was playing really well. He was playing probably, as he would say, the best football of his career. Um, and it just came to that point where sometimes you might just need a wee, a wee change for the best for both parties. So one that I can see coming in probably be uh, Joe Shaughnessy. I know he's not really in the picture at St Mirren at the minute and I think he's still club captain. So he'll just be wanting to get game time. I think him dropping down to championship level, I do imagine he still still would back himself to stroll that level. So if we could get him over the line, then that, that would be a, looked at as a really good signing. In terms of other positions, I don't think I don't think you should bother looking at goalie. Just stick with Sneddon until the end of the season. And of course, as we do every summer, we'll, we'll reevaluate Sneddon's status come the summer. So keeper, it's fine. Um, probably bring in another centre half. Midfield, we do have a strong midfield, but all it takes is because we like to play a three-year midfield and we've got four really good midfielders before we start looking at younger boys. So you're probably looking at signing another midfielder, maybe a different type. I know that McKinnon and uh, Kelton are a wee bit more advanced, so you'd probably look at bringing in a sort of a ball-winning midfielder, somebody that can break up the play. Who that will be, I don't really know. I've not really got the answer for you off the top of my head. Moving forward... Uh, I can see us getting another striker if Danny Mullen leaves. I wouldn't begrudge Mullen wanting to go and play first-team football. Of course, he was Dundee's top scorer last year. He left them off his own accord. He was offered a new a new contract there, and he probably would have spearheaded an attack this season in the champ. But I think he was he would, he'd all set to to move across the road to Dundee United and um, before Tam Courts left. So he won't be happy with the way things have panned out. But if he wants to stay and he, and he enjoys the dressing room, then I'd be more than happy for him to stay. I think he's a good player um, and. When his time comes, I think he will get get amongst the goals, as we've seen the other night. If he goes, then I think we'll get another striker. Uh, a player that I'd really like us to sign, um, I don't imagine we'll sign him in January or anything. I put on Twitter before, is the boy John Robertson at Edinburgh. I think he's a terrific player. Every time I see it, one of his goals, it's like so much pace, so much power. Reminiscent of Wayne Rooney, he just looks like an absolute powerhouse. But the problem, the snagging point being he's only 21 and um, Edinburgh would be due compensation but if we can manage to get something sorted there then that's a sign I'd be delighted for us to have a look at but that being said this this window the priority is probably going to be a holding midfielder a centre half if Tunji's away um, and, that, and maybe just an, an addition here or there um, and it's all dependent on who goes the other way but that being said I'm really looking forward to it um, I, always do, I do enjoy a, a giant transfer window whether we need a signing or not and you always hope up until the last day that we'll sign someone more often than not we don't but fingers crossed we get something exciting Jamie do you agree any areas other than holding midfield do you feel like we need to strengthen there's nothing that really shows out apart from that maybe I think like we mentioned, another centre half will come in. Whole midfielder could come in. Might just do the classic sign a striker, but I don't think we're desperately need for one at all. We've got three J options up there. I think the only way that would happen is if Mullen left, but I'm hoping that doesn't happen, especially after he scored his first league goal. We can force his way and get some more game time. But yeah, I really don't think we'll go wild in this window. And that's a good thing when we don't have to. It shows that the squad we've got is good enough and we're not having to go out and make unnecessary signings you know how many windows have we had in January when you know we'll bring in like eight plus players or whatever but I'd say like a holding midfielder a centre back and at a push maybe he'll bring in another attacking player like a winger on loan or, or something a striker on loan or something like that but don't think it's necessary David this is the last episode of 2022 what's been your your favourite moment of the year on or off the pitch uh, um, I mean, it, it's, this chat's probably going to be a, a bit more heavy towards this season than last season. There's been two standout moments for me. Obviously, the the, the whole fan ownership thing kind of coming to a head, and, and specifically the, the Munns Christmas party was a great day out for everyone, um, and I really enjoyed it. So off the pitch, i definitely say that. But on the pitch, I'd say as well, like, my favourite game this year has been our broth away when we broke the hoodoo. I mean, they've been our bogey team for so long. We, we, you know, we just were always really pessimistic against our Brofield going up. We never really fancied our chances. And obviously, as we've waxed article before, our Brofield, one of the best away days in Scotland. Um, and yeah, I, we just had a, a great day out. And it was, for me, it's, this year's been really, really big for me because like, over the last year or so, obviously getting through the pod, through the pod and you know going to the Wood Day and away games and stuff like that, I've met a lot of people, 
And basically through my entire 20s, my, my entire social life was going to Metal Gigs and all my friends were there. You'd have a great laugh and everything. And as the years have went by, um, you know, people have had wanes, people have moved, people have died, you know, some, all over. So like, you don't really see my, I don't really see my social circle from my 20s anymore. Um, only in bits and bobs here and there because I don't go to as many gigs anymore. But Thistle over the last two years has replaced that social circle where it's all your pals every week you go you see them you say hello they're always there and it's lovely just being surrounded all your, all your pals and that was that that uh, our broth away day was the moment I realized well this is the social circle of my 30s this is this is my life now these are all the people that it's the the, the closest I felt to being like 2021 20, again um was at our broth just with all your pals you've had a couple of drinks had a shot in the dance mat good fish supper and it was just a great day and just beating them and just like when the second goal went in it was absolute pandemonium and it was just everyone going mad and everyone just being so delighted that it was it was one of the best um experiences i've had as a fisher fan i certainly say as an away day outside of the hamilton 6-1 it's probably the best away game i've been to um, and I absolutely loved it. And yeah, it was just a great game all round. But um, just the, the fans there and obviously the pots and pans and nuts and bolts and tools and fancy goods chants and everything. And yeah, I just I just loved Dubrov so much. I think that was just my, my away day of the year and just general moment of the year. Jamie, what was your highlight? Been quite a few good games this year, but I'd say probably the opening day at Dundee. I really enjoyed that game. Uh, it was a fantastic start to the season kind of felt a new buzz around it, you know, quite a few new signings in that team, uh, old faces coming back as well and going to the quote-unquote favourites, because that's what I've according to some media outlets and that, Dundee come down with the Premiership, going there, you're free, you know, you're freeing a lot, cruising for that game for a lot, but obviously we ended up free too, but still it was a huge win, great start to the season, I'd say that's probably the best moment for me. Reese, uh your highlight was probably just 10 minutes ago when you won the quiz, but other than that, I highlight in my life. No, man. Um, it's tough to it's tough to come off the back of such a point message from David. Uh, but I beat Pump Martin five one. Nah, I'm joking. But uh, I probably something like that. Uh, as David's mentioned, just being with your the guys that you're pals with every week, and it's just it's such such a family club that uh, sorry every game, whether it be home or away. But away days are a wee bit more special. But it's just such a such a great feeling seeing everyone that you know and just watching the football it doesn't always go away but it's been brilliant all year and let's be honest the football in the park there's been a few blips here and there but for the most part it has been a good year um, and long may that continue into the new year but if I was to pick a, a specific point Jamie's probably right the opening day was brilliant in terms of actual one moment Snedden's goals up there wasn't the greatest day it was a really bad game of football but Snedden's goals right up there but if one all-round performance, it's got to be pumping Morton 5-1 because nobody likes Morton. Sticking five goals past him is always brilliant. So hopefully we can see a wee repeat of that in the, the coming weeks. That would be lovely. Absolutely. We have had lots of great uh, on-field moments in 2022. Uh, I'll go for an off-field moment, and that would be um, going to the Shish Mahal. And before I'd even, even sat down being asked if it was just the usual today, um, that was probably my highlight of 2022. Um, <laughs> I'd like to add in uh, getting a woody beanie hat at the start of the year. That was that was like a proper ascending into royalty. Uh, we'll finish as we always do with Partridge Thistle. It's the last one of the year. Uh, we've broken the hour mark on this week's record, so I'll ask for, in 50 words or less, uh, what song would you like played at your funeral and why? This is following on from, from last week's Partridge Thistle. David, I'll start with you. So in 50 words or less, what song would you like played at your funeral and why? I always go in my life trying to make, put a smile on people's faces, just make their day generally a wee bit happier. My friends, we went to I, I went to a funeral of another friend and he said that he would choose Vuli Vu by ABBA <laughs> because everybody dancing in the aisles and stuff. I was like, a cracking choice. Um, so I've got two choices. I think Pitbull Fireball would just be really, really funny if you went to, uh, um, especially if I'm getting cremate, cremated, um, either that or um, uh, Napalm Death, You Suffer. Um, any Napalm Death fans out there will know it's a one second song, which just says the lyrics, you suffer, but why? And I think that would be very poignant, just bang, one second, done, see you later. So that's probably me. Jamie? Love you.
good answer. Very brief, thank you. Forty nine <laughs> words to spare. <laughs> Reese, what about you? I don't believe that, mate. That was the one that I was going to say as well. But uh, I don't really know. The music that I listen to is not really fitting of a of any sort of funeral music, and I don't. It's not something that I've paid too much attention to. It's one of the things you probably sit down uh, when you hopefully get to older age, but you never know. It can come to you any time. So maybe something like. Uh, I don't know the guy's name, I'm going to butcher it, but you know how that song Somewhere Over the Rainbow by Israel, something massive long name. Do you know that guy now? It's like Yeah, yeah, I know the one. Yeah, uh, the big the big uh, Hawaiian guy. But that that's a class song, very nice song. And um, maybe something like that. Yeah, very nice. I think I'd go a similar sort of theme to you, David. I think I'd I'd like my coffin brought into like said cars or something. Something like that. <laughs> like in the mix. funnily enough, I um <laughs> a small, a brief, brief anecdote because I know I've got long. But uh, my granddad, like two years ago, we went to the funeral, and he talked about how she'd met my grand, my granddad um, at the dance halls. So they played a song from the dance hall from when they went, they met together, or whatever. And I was sitting there with my wife, and I realised that I met her at the catty. So if we were to follow the same logic, it's going to be like people equal shit by Slipknot or something like that, or like. Ramstein or like Dragula by Rob Zombie or whatever. So that's pr- <laughs> that's probably the, the route I'm going down. Well, on on that note, uh, thank you for listening to Draw Lose or Draw. Thank you for listening throughout 2022. Have a happy new year when it comes, and we will be back in 2023 to look back on our trip to Oakleview to face Queens Park and to preview our home tie against Morton. In the meantime, stay safe. <laughs>